0: Hello oh, and welcome to Warehouse 69, the Fediverse's finest Warehouse 13 Watch podcast. I'm Princess Grace, with me as always is my co-host, Timmy. How are you doing today, Timmy?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Just got my uh, my vaccination, so feeling pretty nice. Okay. How are you today, Grace? I'm pretty good, now that
0: I'm, not, now that I'm assured that I'm not going to catch COVID from recording a podcast. Uh, and I am just pleased as punch to talk about Season 3, Episode 7... Past Imperfect, directed by Tanya McKiernan, written by Nell Scovel, original air date August 22nd, 2011, and uh, this is an episode.
1: It surely is. Uh, just for the uh, sake of the listeners out there, there is no risk of either of us uh, contracting COVID from one another. I've never met Grace.
0: <laughs> yeah, we live on opposite sides of the country from each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this is all done remote.
0: Yep. We live two or three time zones apart. I...
1: Although, if we get that sick Amtrak expansion, and we get some high-speed rail across the country, I'm totally coming out and we're recording an episode in person. Hell yeah. You hear
0: that, <laughs> you hear that Joe? You, yeah. and you alone, can make Warehouse 69 the live episode happen.
1: Pete Buttigieg, help me out here.
0: <laughs> uh, it's, it's up to us to use our platform with the highest echelons of American government for good.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, not the actual government. The uh, the woke uh, parallel government, obviously. Yeah, government too. This is a pretty interesting episode
0: because... Uh, while you were looking at their watches, I spent the entire time trying to figure out if it was shot on location in Denver.
1: Because uh, this oh, one, yeah, this definitely looks more locationy.
0: Yeah, and I will talk about this more later. But like, they certainly put a lot more signs in the background that say Denver, and I, I'll talk about it more
1: later because and <laughs> like the big, uh, the big high ceiling uh, train station, yeah, Union Station. That- That feels like it had to have been, like, actually there, right?
0: Yeah, so, here's the thing. Like, I've been to Union Station in Denver a lot. Like, I used to go... It used to be, like, on my commute to high school. So, like, I've been there a lot. And, like... Okay. And they did... They remodeled it recently. But the episode was filmed pre-remodel, so... But it certainly looks like it. It certainly looks like the pre-remodel Union Station. I'm willing to believe that it is... But there's a whole thing. There's a a scene later in the episode that I'll bring up when we get there that doesn't make any sense if they were actually there, because okay, uh, yeah, I'll bring it up later. I don't, yeah, we'll get there. Like, yeah, there is some shit. Yeah, like I was willing to believe they shot at Union Station, but there's some stuff that doesn't make sense if they did. Uh, but there the episode, are
1: so many Union stations. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I uh, rode the train into Union Station in Pittsburgh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which I guess it, is a lot. It makes sense. I, I want to say it's lovely, but now I'm realizing that I only, I don't think I even went inside. I think you could just leave from the platform. Uh,
0: uh, God, I love traveling by train just because it's so, if you're used to airplanes, it's beautiful. They don't fucking care. Yeah. Because they don't have to. Like, what what are you going to do on a train?
1: Right. It's comfy. You can buy half of a chicken and eat it on the train.
0: Yeah, like, you can eat (laughs) hot food. There's no security. Like, you get... There's Wi-Fi on the train. Like, when I took the train to... Yeah, when I took the train to Oregon recently for a, you know, a meetup situation, like, I was nervous because, like, okay, like, the train leaves in 10 minutes and they haven't opened the doors yet and, you know... It's because they don't have to, like...
1: Right, there's a hundred doors.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's a hundred doors, and, like, they don't have to do security or anything. And they don't even check your ticket until you're on the train.
1: I I got out of it, but I started to fall into one of those YouTube holes where you're just, uh... You're just, like... Getting into some extremely specific subgenre of type of guy. Yeah. And and I was watching rides trains. Uh, type of guy. Like. Oh
0: yeah, I've I've seen those. Uh, mostly the British variety. But yes.
1: Yeah, like this one. Uh, he booked one of the sleeper cars. It on the new. Uh. The new, like, D.C. to, uh... Florida-St. Petersburg line. hmm And, like... Because they were brand new train cars. He yeah. knew they were brand new train cars. And he knew he needed to ask to get one of the ones towards the front to ensure he got a new one.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I... Hell, I, re- I remember getting, like, a hot cup of clam chowder on the train for, like, a reasonable price and it was it was magical.
1: I went to a pretty great Peruvian chicken place in uh DC right before getting to the train station and then bought a box of wine next door and then just <laughs> rocked up to the train with hot yeah. uh hot food and a box of wine.
0: Yeah, like uh,
1: that's the thing,
0: right? I I was asleep for this, but my dad always relates the story of, like, we were taking a family trip, you know, when I was, I was little, taking a family train ride from, like, Colorado to Seattle or something like that, and, uh, you know, we had a sleeper car and everything, I think. Maybe we weren't, but, like, you know, it was late. It was, like, midnight-ish or whatever. Folks were getting on the train, you know, my dad was up, my dad helps this guy, like, you know, bring his bags on board and like, dude pulls out a six pack and offers my dad one. Just you know Okay. <laughs> it's the train, baby. Nobody cares. Right. I think they sell booze on some trains even. Like they don't care. Yeah,
1: they definitely had it in the meal car on the train I was on, the uh, Capital Limited. Yeah, it it seemed like a good time, but I never even I never even went up to the food car. Mhm. But my uh, leg of the route was only like eight hours, anyway. Yeah. Uh,
0: anyways, uh, we start the episode with a recap of the backstory for this episode, which is uh, Micah's partner died while secret servicing in Denver, and a guy shot a guy shot her partner, who is Sam.
1: Yep. Sam there's a, Martino. There's a
0: bunch of guys with short names here, and it's not good for my. Boring government dipshit face blindness
1: Yeah I mean that's pretty much Yeah all of these guys are the same guys Yeah And uh the, Everyone in the secret service is the same type of guy Yeah th-
0: they're all secret service guys And uh So we open on In Denver's Union Station Where Allegedly I'm Where uh Cause like if they did film it on location, they sure do blur the background a lot. Okay. For, for one thing. I have other more evocative evidence, but... I'm willing to believe they filmed some of it on location. It's the weird thing. I'll talk about it more later, but... And Pete is trying to get a haunted railroad spike, a magical railroad spike, out of a hole in the wall.
1: You know, I'm, I'm on board with the filmed it on location... Yeah. Because how in the world would they film at Union Station Toronto? Yeah, Their exactly. Their people probably actually ride the train. <laughs>
0: yeah, which, you know, also happens at Union Station Denver. There is, like, an Amtrak line there. It, and, you know, it's also a, a popular bus stop and shit. But, like, there are a lot of signs in the background for, like, for stuff like the Denver Arts Festival and the tastes of Denver, which, like, are actual things
1: how is every train station named union station
0: it's got to be like well you know it's uniting things right or you know it's in the united states or you know there was a railroad called union right like union carbine or union pacific
1: yeah yeah there was definitely union pacific which was probably a uh combination of uh the first one you said and also uh, a- pacific rail or also- something
0: A union station is, like, a thing. It is a, according to Wikipedia, a railway station with the tracks and facilities are shared by two or more separate railway companies.
1: Okay. So that that explains it. Nearly all of them are union stations. Yeah. Because, like, I saw it... Google Maps was listing it as Washington Union Station, and I believe it's called Penn Station in Washington. Yeah, like... I'm uh, DC, not not the other Washington.
0: <laughs> I, I'm looking at Union Station disambiguation, and there are uh, several screenfuls.
1: <laughs> Fantastic.
0: Mo- a a bunch of states have multiple, <laughs> like, co- like Colorado has Denver Union Station and also a Union
1: Depot up in Pueblo. But yeah. So right. yeah, uh, Pete is trying to find an artifact and micah gets distracted and just sort of walks off
0: yeah she sees a, a man she sees a man wearing a a baseball cap and a a denver all-stars jacket which i have is a team i have never heard of
1: yeah gotta be a gotta be a fake team you, you can't name your team the all-stars it's illegal well
0: according to <laughs> facebook there is a a, some kind of Denver, bas- like, minor league basketball team called the Denver All-Stars. But... Uh, Michael later in the episode, refers to it as a, a Denver football jacket. And I can... That is not a Broncos jacket, I can tell you that. It would be different colors okay. and have a horse on it. Uh, <sighs> uh, but, of course, you know, you probably have to pay someone money to have a Broncos jacket. So... Very, yeah, there's there's
1: trademarks and stuff
0: Yeah And so Mikey gets distracted with a guy uh, But not before she tells Pete No glove, no love To remind him to put his magic purple gloves on
1: Yep uh, And so she uh, Pete's reaching on down into this blind hole Behind a plaque Full yeah. of uh, fallen miners working tools
0: Yeah they, this, Micah says something about, like, this is how they they commemorated railroad workers, and Pete says, yeah it would have been nicer if they'd paid them more. Which is it. Right. A nice little line from Comrade
1: Pete, I guess. This show, it, this episode is specifically, like, it's noticeable that there's something going on here. Like, Pete has that line, and then very shortly thereafter, uh... What was going on with Steve?
0: Oh, uh, oh so but, but so that happens later, but we we do see uh we do this is a, another Steve and Claudia adventure where um there's another oh, yeah. a, a little joke about how Steve's gay. Where uh, right. the the uh, lady I ta- was, they're
1: talking about. I was specifically getting at the uh the fact that the artifact uh that steve and claudia are chasing is the doorknob from the triangle shirtwaist factory yeah what and the they fuck? talk about how awful it is that they they locked these people into uh a, a, burn to a sweatshop. Death because of yes. labor
0: yeah like they yeah they specifically talk about their anguished cries and all that fuck
1: yeah, this uh, is specifically the most pro-labor episode of Warehouse 13 we've watched so far.
0: Yeah, I'm look Yeah, I'm looking up uh <laughs> Nell Scoville, the writer here. Da da da.
1: Yeah, so Pete manages to while you're looking at that, Pete yeah. manages to uh slice open his glove and make contact with the artifact mm-hmm. and uh He starts being choked by a mysterious uh, ghostly smoke thing Yep And Micah has to give up chasing the guy who killed her former partner In order to go save Pete
0: Mm -hmm. (sighs) And uh, Leo is the guy who killed her partner, by the way Right
1: Yeah Leo... uh, Leo Buck, apparently Mm -hmm. But I don't think that was ever said
0: yeah, and so, yes, Micah gives up the chase, uh, uh, kind of wads up a glove in front of her hand, grabs the thing, grabs the railroad spike, I believe it is, drops it in the bag, which actually helps this time.
1: Yeah, she grabbed one of the dozen objects at the bottom of the hole that, mind you, Pete struggled to reach. Yeah. Jams it in a bag, and luckily it's the right one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I'm a little concerned with that, because, like, if Pete was struggling to reach it, I have trouble imagining Micah has a much easier time.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's weird. Like, did Pete drop it, like, closer? I don't know. Maybe. It doesn't but, make a lot of sense. The important thing is that she, uh, the important thing is that Micah had to give up the chase to save Pete. Right. And then we're off to Wisconsin. Yep, we are at a Wisconsin farm where uh, Pete, where um, Steve and Claudia, a streakless Claudia, are uh basically pretending to be with a sort of antiques roadshow slash um, I, it would be American Pickers, but that show I don't think existed yet at the time. Yeah, it
1: might not have. But uh, uh honestly, best cover they've ever used. Why don't they do this more?
0: Yeah, yeah. instead of just showing up and... I get that, like, Claudia and Steve can't just show up and say, like, hi, we're the Secret Service. I mean, they can. They can lie. But, like, you know, Artifacts Roadshow makes more sense. It's more fun. I kind of want one of those Artifacts Roadshow t-shirts.
1: Yeah, they rule. Uh. And, uh,
0: I'm looking at Nell Scoville, this episode's writer's Wikipedia article, and in addition to being the creator of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the original okay. series. Uh most most of her relatively short Wikipedia article is about like is about, you know, fighting for, hey, it sucks being a woman in Hollywood shit, it's a boys club and this and that. So Right. Good honor, I guess. Uh a lot of first woman to write for X type stuff. So good for her. Yeah. Yeah. Hell comrade, yeah. Comrade, comrade Nell here.
1: Yeah, I mean it's the first time we're slipping in anything pro labor that i that's been real noticeable, and yeah. that's always nice.
0: Yeah, like yeah, because I've talked about. I know I, I've mentioned the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire before on this show, but it's weird to like. It's weird to have the show bring it up first. Right. Ah. Uh, Well, it's welcome. It's welcome. Uh, But, yes.
1: Ooh, I sent you a link to buy one of these Warehouse 13 uh, Artifact Roadshow t-shirts. Yeah. But if you prefer a baby doll cut, they also have that. Oh,
0: look at that. That's uh, honestly Although these
1: are not the same color, are they? Yeah, no, they're they're purple. purple They're purple in the show. Yeah, and I don't see any option for that. Why would you do this? Why would you make a replica shirt in the wrong color? Don't do this. Ah, uh,
0: Bizarre. Uh, anyways, so yeah, we we're at this Wisconsin farm. We talked about their cover. Um, the, the old lady we're walking, the old lady whose farm they're at is, keeps trying to set Steve up with her niece or something or, grandda- or granddaughter or daughter or whatever. And uh, yeah, this
1: is some guy who rolled into town from who knows where and is about to roll directly out of town immediately after two.
0: Like I'm this ha. I'm led to believe this does happen, though. Like I have before before I came out, I did have family members saying, like, oh, I, you know, I, I met so and so, so and so's daughter who, you know, you know, my my old friend's daughter or whatever. Uh, you two should get in touch. Um, older family members do, in fact, do this. I would not be. Oh, oh, yeah. Back when my family thought I was, you know, a straight guy, I would not bat an eye if, like, an aunt or something called and said, like, oh, hey, uh, you know, a guy was looking through so and uncle whoever's doorknob collection. I thought, you know, you two should get in touch. I gave him your phone number. I guess it would be her. Anyways, uh,. Basically, this lady's uncle uh, collected doorknobs. That was his thing.
1: Right. Yeah, he was real into that.
0: Yeah, big, big uh, doorknob-like. She,
1: she claims it was OCD but undiagnosed because we didn't know what that was back then. Mm-hmm. But that's not that's not it. Being into collecting something is just fine. <laughs> it's not diagnosable. Yeah, like... He had one extremely extensive collection. That's fine.
0: Yeah, like it's, it's normal to collect things. It's fine. Like if yeah. I if I had a, you know, if I had and a if your
1: if your collection is doorknobs, more power to you. Yeah, that's a good, like good, normal thing to a, have. There's a ton of variety. I'm sure there's tons of interesting examples you could find. And guess what? They don't cost a lot. Yeah, like you
0: can. Go, yeah, like you can go to antique stores like. A lot of decent-sized antiques stores just have, like, a box of doorknobs you can look through. And, right. You know, uh, especially the main like-
1: drawback in yeah. my book to the idea of collecting generally is the way it relates with consumerism. Yeah. Like, if you get real into, you know, collecting something, suddenly it gets more and more expensive real quickly. Yep. And, like, if you can just collect something that's straightforward, simple and cheap. You know, that's that's a great hobby. That's a great something to be collecting.
0: Yeah, especially like if you're, you know, if you live on, you know, an old farm in Wisconsin, you have plenty of space to put your shit, you know. Hey. Right. It's harmless, it's fun, it's something to do. Like I you know, I don't do it so much anymore. I collect old like political campaign buttons because it's fun. You know, they don't take up a lot of space. I collect more shit than that, but you know, right? It's fun, but
1: leave the guy having alone. Having one really extensive collection is just fine. Don't let anyone tell you it's not.
0: Yeah, don't be weird about this lady. Don't. She's weird about a lot of things, but if we talk about that, we'll be oh, yeah. here all day.
1: Uh. And so. Right. I mean, it's telling that they couldn't get through this episode without doing something. With the whole, uh, Steve's gay thing.
0: Yeah. This was at least, like, reasonable. Like, it's believable.
1: Yeah, it's both extremely normal experiences, and, like, it's not malicious. It's not that bad. It's just he doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to spend a lot of time explaining his sexuality to a uh, random stranger who he's trying to get the uh, triangle shirtwaist doorknob from. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. Like if you are, yeah, exactly. Like if you, if you need a favor from someone, there's more diplomatic ways to handle the situation than like saying I'm gay, you know.
1: Right. Please, please stop. And, I'm gay.
0: Yeah, and besides, <laughs> yeah, and you know, you don't owe anyone that explanation. It's a lot easier to to smile and nod. Uh, right. But uh, it does Steve, no harm
1: too. <laughs> yeah, and
0: Steve. Yeah, and like when Steve and Claudia are alone, he says something like, you know, he says something about, oh. I, I bet old uncle whoever never married either. Like, if you're... Do closeted gay people collect doorknobs? I mean...
1: I mean... I'm sure there's I, nothing barring them from collecting doorknobs. Yeah, door like, I,
0: I've been a closeted gay person. I've collected shit. Uh, uh. I, I...
1: Yeah, I sure whatever. hope he wasn't trying to make that connection, because that that implies a lot of really confusing things to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I think there there was more context, there that I didn't bother to take notes of. It, it made more sense at the time.
1: But we um, see the second purple glove failure of the episode.
0: Yep, burns right through the glove. Which is
1: also the second purple glove failure of the series. Yeah. Those things have been perfect so far.
0: Yeah, what the hell? Now, I think, what, I think with Pete's, it was like he was grabbing something sharp and it cut him. Right.
1: Which, but which this makes But the store knob was just hot enough to melt through? Uh, yeah. You would think it would have burned down the house by now. Well, because it only heats up when you grab it. Yeah, but the, the glove's there to protect you from that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe it heats up when you shake it. <laughs> yeah who knows
0: It only heats up if you frantically grab it because you're locked in a fucking sweatshop that's on fire
1: yeah, that might be it he uh, He grabbed it too uh too enthusiastically yeah uh, da, da, da. and so but he is luckily fine because uh our nice old lady came back with her iced tea and he jammed his hand into the iced tea,
0: yeah, which. Yeah, and Steve shows some remarkable foresight by saying like, "Hey, do you have something cold to drink, or something like that? Like a glass of water or something."
1: I think, if anything, he was probably just trying to get her yeah. out of the room for a moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it worked
0: out. Yeah, it all worked out. He did, you know, he did plunge his hand into some nice peach iced tea. But what are you gonna do?
1: Uh, and then, as they're leaving, Claudia uh, is begging Steve to let her drive the Prius. Yeah, there's, there's
0: more weird plugging with Steve's Prius.
1: Oh, we are just at the start of the weird <gasps> plugging for Toyota. Oh, good. Normal. Yeah. Uh, Claudia comments that as soon as uh, she can convince Artie to stop paying her in Monopoly money, she'll buy one herself. Yeah. Uh, just like that's people like, don't buy brand new cars for their first car. Claudia, you've never owned a car before.
0: Yeah, and also it's what's the impli- do do that. What's the implication <laughs> there? Is she saying that Artie doesn't pay her very much, or is she saying that Artie literally does not pay her with legal tender?
1: I mean, I think she must get paid decent. Like yeah. it's not like. It's not like Warehouse 13 is that strapped for cash, and yeah. she has plenty of responsibilities. If there's one realm of uh, of commerce that actually tends to pay people what they're worth, you know, working for government agencies tends to be better than most.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, in part like
1: because a- of... Yeah, like, strong yeah. Pro- uh, public sector unions, but... Uh, yeah, and also, also... just, like, the people who budget it uh, know what people are worth.
0: Yeah. And... And also, there's, like, Pete and Micah both have, like, cars. They both have, you know, relatively nice cars. Artie's car is great. Right. But I'm willing to believe Artie is more senior than everyone else, but, like, Claudia's got to be on, like, the same pay grade as pete and micah right and steve
1: i mean she doesn't have a degree she is not you know she falls short of a lot of qualifications of an agent but she's doing agent work give her agent pay
0: yeah like she's doing yeah like she's doing the same work as pete and micah is like she's clearly like on their level
1: and it i'm pretty sure based on the arrangement that the warehouse damn well better be paying for their uh, housing since they all have to live at the bed and breakfast. Yeah. So, you got a lot of disposable income when you're not paying rent. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Of
1: course, I don't think Claudia has any credit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's that. There is the fact that, yeah, like, Steve had his car before he started working at the warehouse, and I'm not sure how... Easy it is to establish credit history when you um you know the way, when you're well, storage for the IRS. When that's your pretty whole good. life Your cover story is they work yeah. for the IRS. I imagine that's what shows up on the tax forms.
1: Right. Yeah, they have to give they they have to pay them with like a W-2 and stuff. It just says something weird.
0: Yeah, like the cover story is that they work is that they're IRS agents. That's you know, a reasonable thing to have on a tax form. Uh, Right, But, uh,
1: yeah, so... Although, if there's anyone who could catch you not being IRS agents, it's the IRS. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. They're like, you know, wait a minute, this person
0: isn't in our employee directory.
1: Yeah, maybe you'd be better off with, like, a fake business uh, for tax purposes, because... If anyone can work out that you shouldn't be working for the IRS, it's the IRS. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. Like, <laughs> hey, hey, Steve. Yeah, you heard of these people? Who knows? Maybe they file. Maybe they file uh, one of those Fifth Amendment tax returns. We're like, you know, they a, a
1: warehouse in South Dakota?
0: Uh, <laughs> uh Maybe they file one of those Fifth Amendment tax
1: returns. I don't know if those are real. I'm not but I've telling heard of you them. what it's for. I mean, it's just a regular tax return. You just say I'm not saying where this is from. Yeah. Like you just sign a thing that says I owe you this much money from eh?
0: Yeah, from I'm not telling you.
1: <laughs> right. Like that's just fine. You can do that.
0: Yeah, like yeah. You you can be all the Al Capone you want or all the uh, you know, all the drug dealer you want.
1: Right. Uh. So, uh yeah. So da, da, da. moving right along, Mike is back to chasing Leo. It's got to happen. Yeah. Well,
0: before this, they they do get hit with sleep darts or something, and then there is also a dog. Oh hair. yeah.
1: Yeah. This is important. Doc, dog shows up. Uh, they both get trek uh, darted, and uh, Claudia gets a glimpse of some silver car right before she goes out.
0: Mm-hmm. Weirdly, she doesn't gush about this one as much.
1: Right. I don't think she gets a good look at what it is. Yeah. And she doesn't have much time for gushing. Mm hmm. Uh, and so. That's for uh, later in the
0: episode. And then, uh, yeah, and then we, uh. We, we cut to. Basically, the rest of the episode is Mike and Pete, like, chasing this guy down. Chasing down Leo. And, uh. Right. Basically. Yeah, they
1: have to. They're good. They have to re. uh, They have to visit the office that uh, Micah used to work in. One that she's specifically avoided because she doesn't believe that anyone would forgive her for not doing her job better.
0: I guess. Yeah. Like, whenever we have talked to like someone who knows about what someone in the secret service who knows what happened with Micah and her partner, they seem to blame Micah for it.
1: Yeah, it seems like the way the report was written places a lot of, not, like, direct blame on Micah, but, like, it, a wink-wink, nudge-nudge sort of blame.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. If only, so you know, that you, if you have to blame someone, I guess, and Micah's closest.
1: Yeah, I mean, apparently their operation relied on timing, and either he was early or she was late. It's hard to say which. Those Mm -hmm. details can't be captured in a report, so... You know, all we know is he's dead, so... Yeah. Generally, you don't like to write your, uh... Your report to say, oh yeah, the dead agent, he totally had it coming.
0: Yeah, yeah, fuck that guy. Everyone hated him, he sucked. Uh, but, uh, basically... So, if
1: anything, it might air more positive toward him.
0: Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, because no one wants to write a report that's critical of the dead guy. I get it. Uh, so, basically, Leo's crime is that he stole plates from the Denver Mint, which... Yep, gonna get his counterfeit on. Which, mind you, it's a mint. It strikes coins. Yeah. So, I'm not sure... I but, mean, the mints print all of the money, don't they? Nope, uh, no mint mint strike coins. Uh, the Bureau of Printing and Engraving prints bills,
2: okay. and that's
1: in and that's in D.C. I see. So so we only get our pennies. Well, all of our coins, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so he would he would have had to steal the coin dies, I believe.
1: Yeah, and counterfeiting pennies is not. Uh, a way to make money yeah. it's a way to lose money yeah. uh any of the other ones you could make money at but it's gonna be tough
0: yeah like, yeah especially yeah especially since like minting coins seems like it's harder than um printing bills
1: yeah i mean you're melting some metal which is certainly not the most readily uh r- the most easy thing to do and like I guess you can probably get away with running a pretty sketchy blend as long as the weight's close enough to right, which could shave a lot of cost.
0: Yeah, but it's, it seems like a lot of work.
1: Right. Yeah, it's barely worth it when the government does it. How are you going to make it profitable when uh you're doing it on your own? Yeah. They get pretty good rates on their bulk metals. Yeah.
0: It's bizarre It's Yeah Like if you wanted to like Counterfeit bills He would He would either be in DC Or in Fort Worth But
1: What
0: are they gonna do But
1: Yeah I mean They needed uh They have to be in Denver uh,
0: And there's a mint in Denver And that's close enough Yep And uh Yeah And so anyways Pete and Micah are They're at the um I think they're at the Security camera place In Union Station
1: Oh yeah, or- they're pouring over the security footage yeah. to get a good look at uh our guy Leo. Yeah. From that clot uh Mica deduces that he uh planned on leaving by taxi, but once they get outside, she's like, "No, a bus." Mhm. Because yeah. she knows everything about Leo, In-
0: including that he is he's dressed as a tourist and therefore and therefore he's He's dressed like that so that he... He he can take a bus tour of Denver, including the Mint. And, uh... Yeah,
1: because, uh... Well, that comes up when they're in... Talking with the other Secret Service agents. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, And,
1: uh... Yeah, he's, he's got the cunning disguise of... A tourist.
0: Yeah. And, um... Yeah, there's a whole thing where, uh... Micah goes off about, oh, she knows everything about Leo. She has studied everything. She knows he has a dairy allergy. She knows he bats Southpaw. Everything. Well, well she says he bats lefty, I guess, because you don't want to have to count on the audience to know what Southpaw means, but...
1: Yeah, and Southpaw, while it's used practically everywhere, I'm yeah. pretty sure is specifically a boxing term.
0: Really, I've, I've heard bat Southpaw in baseballs speak...
1: I I think it's been extended at this point to where Southpaw just means anything left-handed, but I think it originates in boxing. Well,
0: no, I thought it originated in baseball, because if you hold a bat left-handed, you know... Well, no, actually, this article I found on history.com says it could be either. There's both a baseball and a... There's both a baseball and a boxing explanation.
1: Yeah, Wikipedia refers to a southpaw stance based on which hand and foot is forward mm-hmm. which when you're uh batting you know it if you go by which foot's forward it's definitely always going to be <laughs> mm-hmm. the one that's forward you can't swing a bat that many different ways yeah southpaw originated from the practice in baseball yeah it it could very well be baseball uh
0: a left-handed pitcher facing west would therefore have his pitching arm towards the south of the diamond.
1: That, that seems oddly specific. They didn't build all the, uh, all the baseball diamonds facing west, did they?
0: <laughs> well, here we go.
1: Like, that, that seems like a very in, silly thing to do.
0: The practice in baseball of arranging the diamond with the batter facing east to avoid the afternoon sun.
1: Oh, there we go. There is a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, the term had been used decades prior to indicate not usual. Yeah, I guess that's that's pretty reasonable.
2: <sighs>
0: it's so, but it is weird that she said he bats lefty and not just he's left-handed. Right. I guess you can. I guess you can bat left-handed even though if you're right-handed. But it comes up later there that is, like it comes up later that he's just left-handed.
1: Right, because, like, if you were, you know, this is kind of a galaxy brain move, but it's generally considered advantageous to bat left-handed. Yeah. Because you want to bat opposite hand of what the pitcher throws. Yeah. It's, uh, so if you decided to always train to be a southpaw batter... You can frustrate right-handed pitchers. Yeah.
0: There was... A, I remember there was a whole situation where... most people where, who do
1: that uh, switch hit.
0: Yeah. I, I remember the... There was a whole thing where... So, you know, if you're a switch hitter, you know, you... Be on the opposite side of the pitcher. Uh, but it's... There have been situations where you have an, an ambidextrous pitcher and a switch hitter. And so they keep switching sides to try and fake the other one out. To the point where, like, right. Major League Baseball had to, like, establish a ruling so that this didn't happen. I think the pitcher has to choose and then stick with it for that at-bats.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, I believe that's the rule. But, yeah, it's... Baseball is a horrifying sport. Like, it, it's one of the only sports that might just never end.
2: Yeah. Uh <laughs> Like...
1: I know that's... Uh, it's a distinctly, like, existential terror that it's very possible for baseball games yeah. to just never end. Yeah.
0: This, this three-stooge experience would go on for a couple minutes before Enriquez was forced to bat right-handed by the umpire. He then struck out on four pitches to end the game. Buddy, cut it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like...
1: Oh, after you, I insist. Uh... I mean, it's interesting because if you went through all of the trouble to be a switch hitter Mm -hmm. and to be a switch pitcher, Mm -hmm. like, you really don't want to give up. You don't want to be like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. I'm just going to suck it up and uh, bat my favorite side or whatever. Yeah, that's the
0: thing, right? Like, you you don't want to back down. That sets a precedent.
1: Right. And you tried really hard to get yourself to this position yeah. that gives you a tactical advantage.
0: Yeah, you don't want to be. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be knocked down by like, yeah, this guy who's doing the same thing. Right. There we go. And, yeah. Uh, now there are rules ab- There are rules about it, and it, there are limits to the number of times you can switch. Uh because it's right. still very funny.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, anyways. So, this is about the time we're cutting back to Claudia and Steve. Yep, they
0: are waking up uh, when the dog licks their faces, and the doorknob is gone, the bag is empty. It seems weird that they wouldn't just grab the bag, but what are you gonna do?
1: Yeah, uh, Steve says, looks like we got snagged and tagged, and uh, Claudia chimes in with, and debagged." Yeah. So they are now short one artifact. Yep. And, uh... Seems like a lot of trouble to go through following them there and then stealing the artifact when that nice lady would let pretty much anyone have this doorknob.
0: Yeah, I'm sure... Yeah, given that, like, we know it was... Spoiler alert for the end of the episode. We know it was Sally Stakowski. Like, I'm sure she could have just showed up and said, like, Hi, I'm with the FBI. Can I look through your doorknob collection?
1: Right. Yeah it's very strange to me Like she She wanted to make herself known It would seem Because there's just There's just a neater way to go about it
0: Yeah who knows maybe she genuinely Got there late but it doesn't Make a lot of sense But anyways
1: She was certainly prepared with the Dart gun though
0: Yeah prepared with the dart gun I guess she wanted to be seen but she also Didn't leave a calling card or anything they, she set them up for this whole hilarious rigmarole that, uh, well, we'll see. Because this is, I really like this B-plot, I'll say that much. It's a good B-plot, it's ridiculous, it's very good.
1: Yeah, it's full of the, uh, endless wonder we love out of this show.
0: Yeah, it's good shit. Uh, but basically, uh, you know, they call Artie, they tell him what happened, um, there's a dog there, uh, which, we, uh, which has been established does not belong to, you know, doorknob house lady. Uh, and Artie's like, well, okay, well, come here and bring the dog. Uh, because uh, yeah, there's under some the rationale that, Yeah, there was a car driving away, and dogs are known to chase cars, which I've never known a dog to chase a car. Does this actually happen? It seems like the sort of thing that is only in cartoons and like far side strips.
1: So there are a lot of dogs that hate anything that rolls.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, my dog will not let me roll past on a bicycle or a unicycle. Like, she just wants to bite at the tires. And, like, will fully put her face right underneath a tire mm-hmm. that's coming at her to do it. Alright. So it's just, like, not possible. Alright. So-, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure she'll chase a car. Alright, that's...
0: That's raiseable at least. Uh, That's good. It means I don't have to retire one of my favorite phrases, I feel like the dog that caught the car. Right. Or I feel like the roadrunner, the, the coyote that caught the roadrunner. Well, does, that's a weird situation. Well, how does,
1: yeah, how does coyote feel? Uh, Full?
0: Well, so that's, there's a situation there, because I'm specifically imagining a specific Looney Tunes strip where, like, they're running, uh, not strip, cartoon, where, like, they're running through these pipes that make them big or small or whatever, and there's a scene where the Roadrunner is huge, the Coyote is normal size, and the Coyote, like, wraps himself around the Roadrunner's leg. So, yes, he did catch the Roadrunner, but, like, he can't do anything with him. But, yeah. Okay. But, yes, like, in, in most other situations, yes, the Coyote will simply vore the Roadrunner. Right. Which uh, so, you know, the dog that caught the car is a better metaphor Right,
1: uh, but Claudia is being snarky about the idea that we're going to interrogate a dog Yes, and which, you
0: know, uh, wouldn't you, it's a little ridiculous Yeah,
1: but of course, this being Warehouse 13, they are certainly going to just simply ask the dog
0: uh, It's a little more complicated than that, but not all that much but uh, right. for now, we are treated to, among other things, Micah having a flashback to her romantic revol- involvement with Sam Partnerman.
1: Yep. I-, I feel like this is another one of those, like, the-, the writers of Warehouse 13 are kind of stunted in how they write. Female characters, yeah.
0: If a if a woman is interested in a man, they always immediately go all flirty, all happy birthday, Mister President, all helplessly fawning. It's a little right, hmm, which is a little weird because again, this episode was written by a woman, a woman who's like you know by according to her Wikipedia blurb, pretty progressively minded. It seems yeah, like, like
1: th- there are like moments where it's. You know, pretty cute couple type of shit. Like, yeah. It's, they've certainly done worse on this show. Yeah.
0: But it's it's a little weird that, like, you know, there's no reason they couldn't have been cute and flirty, and also Mike is getting ready for work. It's weird. Right. Uh, and, you know, Sam hasn't really been characterized before. Have him be the, you know, have him be Mr. Horny and in bed. What Whatever. Anyways.
1: <sighs> yeah, it it feels like it, this sort of shoehorns her- Micah into accessory for Sam, even though she's the main character.
0: Yeah, it's weird. <sighs> but regardless, they have a conversation about he's counting on her, basically, and it establishes that they're having an affair. Like, Sam is is married, or separated from his wife right and basically everyone knows that that you know they're together
1: yeah they think that uh they're keeping this a secret from their co-workers but throughout the episode it becomes more and more clear that no no one is fooled
0: Mm-hmm. and uh yeah so there's a whole situation there and then uh we cut back to the present day secret service where we get to uh, this flashback, by the way, was triggered by them being in this, I guess the Denver secret service building and which I will
1: have to, she's l- looking at that photo in the, uh, Memorial case thing. Yeah. Lo- right. Yeah.
0: Looking at his Patriots for peace button, which certain, which, um, it, it, the design, it's an enamel pin with like a peace sign superimposed over an American flag. And it just, It pisses me off to look at it. I hate looking at it.
1: Okay, there's a student-led organization. That doesn't seem right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure doesn't look like there's a real organization called Patriots for Peace. Yeah, no, it seemed like it was more Uh, for like an idea. Yeah.
0: By the way, there's only one uh By the way, there's only one Secret Service office in Colorado, and it is Not anywhere near uh, Union Station, I can tell you that.
1: Oh, no? It's not, like, just right around the corner? It
0: is not. It is up in Greenwood Village, which is, uh, in the metro area, yes, but it's, um, not close to downtown. Well, it is not, as they say later in the episode, a block away from the Mint.
2: Right.
1: uh Which is weird, you would think they would be right near the Mint since it's their job. Yeah,
0: who knows, maybe this is like a satellite office near the Mint? This is just the ones that are like publicly listed on the website.
1: Yeah, but, uh, yeah, as we've alluded to, uh, while they're going through working out what might be Leo's plan, they determine that he's going to arrive at the Mint in 20 minutes, and Pete, uh, asks... Uh, can we get there in time? And everyone just sort of looks at him, and like they're like, yeah, it's, like, right around the corner.
0: Yeah, so, there is, there's no public secret service office here, but there is, like, a sheriff's department and a, a courthouse right there. And the city council building. So, like...
1: Wouldn't it be a very secret service if you knew where they all were. Yeah,
0: so, like, <laughs> it's at least reasonable that, like, they would be, that they'd be close, I guess. Uh, da-da-da But, um Yeah, so we meet the Secret Service Director man, who, uh, basically Got the job because Sam died Uh, Mike, we have Some weird face phrenology, like, oh, he had Plastic surgery, but it's the same guy I know it is Um, and, uh This is where we get the, oh, he's wearing a Rocky Mountain football shirt and this And that Uh, right And, uh
1: yeah. I forgot about the plastic surgery. That's a whole lot. Yeah, it's a whole Especially thing. Especially when it doesn't fool Micah.
0: Yeah, it doesn't fool Micah, who hasn't seen his face in many years.
1: Right. In fairness, she is probably a little bit more obsessive than most about it. Yeah. But still. Like, he shaved the mustache, whatever. Go, yeah. go with that, please. Yeah. Ah. Uh, uh. Yeah. So. Yeah, they. They try to spring a trap on him and it doesn't go so great. Uh, mostly because of Micah just like bumbling around,
0: yeah, yeah. And so, like, yeah, so basically, they find out this guy is he's dressed as a tourist and he's taken a bus tour from Union Station to the state capitol to the mint, which is a it's not as as. When I first heard this, I am like, oh, the state capitol is far away from the Mint, but no, my mental map of Denver was wrong. Like, that's a... It's reasonable, but, like, the state capitol is, like, four blocks away from the Mint. Like, it's a very reasonable... Like, you could walk from Union Station to the Mint to the capitol. Like, in fact, I have... I have taken... I have, in fact, walked from Union Station to the Mint, you know, because... You know, the Mint and the Capitol are both really close to the 16th Street Mall, which, like, I had to take—I took the bus through every day when I was in high school. It was, it's an area I know very well. Okay. You don't even—I Yeah. I have not, however, seen one of those big red double-decker buses that they have a chase on. No, wait, maybe I have. Yeah. Shit, no, I think I have, actually.
1: <laughs> there we go. This is all factual— all shot on location in Denver, Colorado. We've cracked it.
0: Yep, I have... So... Yes, I am willing to believe this was shot on, on location in Denver, at least partially. <laughs> Which is weird, because I don't think they've done that before. It, usually they... They certainly don't do it often. Yeah, they, they, they're usually more than happy to, like... They're usually more than happy to, uh, just go to Toronto
1: right yeah i mean it's possible my best guess is it was too hard to book something resembling a train station in toronto yeah.
0: because yeah because like toronto uses their train station it is one of the busiest train stations there is
1: yeah and let me tell you something you can't just tell them hey can we shut down like your train station for a thing Oh, like we we got money yeah like, yeah, me- no one will mind, right? Yeah.
0: Meanwhile, pre-renovation Union Station, you could absolutely walk in there and ask, like, hey, can we film a TV show in here?
1: Right. you tape off a section that isn't going to be used real real soon and just get it done. Yeah. It. Like, there's probably logistical challenges, but it's probably a lot easier than asking a busier station to do it.
0: Yeah. And especially, like... Now it's been remodeled. There's a bunch of restaurants and stuff in there, but yeah, because like in twenty, they would renovate in twenty twelve. So like when they were filming this, it would have been pretty easy to uh, film there. I think, especially like the backgrounds are still pretty blurry. And frankly, I think there's like there's some there's some unused square footage. I bet it would have been pretty easy to be honest.
1: Right. It's, it was usually yeah,
0: the- pretty damn empty in there when I was there.
1: Yeah, and the building struck me as pretty convincing. Now, my experience with train stations are basically just the one in D.C., Mm -hmm. which that one was uh, rapidly remodeled in, like, uh, the 1940s? Yeah. I don't remember when they accidentally drove a train into it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause it's yeah, cause it's it's a little weird because like yes, I do do the 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 Union Station travel by train sign. That's real. That's like what that looks like. It it could be oh, a canned yeah. establishing shot. It's it's weird because like the background is constantly blurred. Like they're trying to like stop you from looking too hard in the background,
1: but like that might just be because they couldn't get the whole train station. Mm-hmm likely and they needed to make sure background people weren't recognizable yeah
0: because like they the ticket counter in the background does say denver colorado which is easy to fake but like it does say that and like the bathroom signs in one scene we can see like the bathroom signs those resonated with a part of my young brain like said this is real and plus a lot of time in the background you can see like again ads for like the denver arts festival and taste of color the taste of denver that like absolutely would be there that i like signs i've seen a lot myself That they wouldn't bother to fake you know
1: yeah it it seems a little too specific knowledge about denver yeah i mean unless you've got writers from denver or something like it it wouldn't be a bad way to uh get some uh, for the more major uh Plot point areas to get some more Personal uh, experience Yeah
0: So yeah. Congrats Warehouse 13 You either filmed on location in Denver Hell yeah Or you managed to fool me Either way hell yeah
1: Right Uh, Is Joanne Kelly from Denver Is this why it all goes on here Nope she's from Newfoundland Or born in Newfoundland Grew up in Nova Scotia
0: Oh yeah, she's Canadian, huh?
1: Yep, she's not. Definitely not from Denver, which might be. Or where's her parents' bookshop? It's in Colorado Springs. Collins says it's, it's Colorado, Colorado Springs. Springs yeah. yeah. Uh. Yeah, so that's interesting because Micah is not from where. Uh, where Joanne is from Yeah. But it would be a lot harder to explain a Canadian Secret Service agent. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. who chooses that life?
0: Yeah, that's a very bizarre series of coincidences. Unless you moved unless you moved at a very young age, but even then, like you'd be a citizen. It's weird. Right. And uh
1: But uh back to where we were in the episode, Micah Comes walking right up to this bus that they know the guy is in. Yeah. And, and, like, walks right up to where he's sitting and stares straight through the window at him. Yeah,
0: and they make eye contact, he runs, and, uh, he runs- He
1: runs by going to the top level of the, uh, double-decker and jumping off. Yeah,
0: oh, because Pete's waiting outside the door.
1: Right. It's a clever move, but, like- I don't know that it buys you any actual time. Yeah, like,
0: how did... How did one guy evade, like, four armed Secret Service agents? Yeah, And also, like, so... by the way, you're at the fucking Mint. They have armed guards there. Like, <coughs> Like, you can shout, like, Hey, shoot that guy, and they... I don't know if they will, but, like, you know, Hey, he's getting... Like, I've been to the Mint. Like, there are armed guards there, and you have to go through a metal detector to get in. Like... I cannot imagine that, like, the Secret Service. And
1: this dude was carrying a gun.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Leo was, yeah? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was
1: just carrying a gun with him.
0: Yeah, so, like, A, hmm. And B, you know, so for a guy who's, like, apparently stolen shit from the mint before, it's weird that he would, like, bring a gun. Um,
1: right. Like, you gotta know you're going through metal detectors.
0: Yeah, like. I, maybe his plan was to, like, ditch the gun on the bus or something? That's just irresponsible. Yeah.
1: And inconvenient. Yeah, this... Then he has to get a new gun.
0: Well, like, it's a tour bus, so, like, you you get out, you're to walk around oh, them, and yeah. then you're going to get back on the bus. It's not unreasonable to, like, you know, leave a backpack or something on there.
1: Okay. Yeah, but it is pretty irresponsible to leave a gun on yeah, there to leave... if you're a gun owner. To leave... Do not. Yeah,
0: do not leave your loaded guns <laughs> lying around. Um... But um, regardless, duh, duh, duh. but yeah, regardless, it's it seems irresponsible that they would not have like called the mint or even like the police station that's right there.
1: Yeah, like uh, they only had twenty minutes, but like twenty minutes was plenty of time to organize what they needed to.
0: Yeah, because like they were waiting for the bus, like right, they would have had plenty of time to like have someone walk over there or even shout like, hey. Armed Mint... Hey, like, armed guards at the Mint. Or hell, like, fuck. Call them and say, like, hey, this guy is going to take a tour of the Mint. Can you arrest him?
1: Right. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you... Ideally, you wait for him to walk into the Mint, walk through the metal detectors, and then you arrest him so he doesn't have a gun on him. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, (laughs) he's walking into the U.S. Mint. Like... There are armed guards. There are, like, big, heavy fucking walls. Because this is a building that's designed to be really hard to break into. And to get out of. Like, yeah, the man is. It,
1: bra- it seems weird that they'd approach him so aggressively in the bus yeah, full of bystanders. Yeah, like,
0: the man is basically walking into a prison. Grab him in yeah. there.
1: Yeah, especially because, like, if Micah hadn't been, like, staring at the dude, he would have just gone about his business. Yeah, like... If you played it a little more low-key, you could have made this a lot yeah, easier. Yeah, like, if
0: they'd been slower, like, at, if they'd taken their time, or whatever, like, they... You know, it would have been really easy just, like, hey, arrest that man in the mint. Like, here, I'm a Secret Service agent, and I have proof that he's up to... to That he's done shit in the past.
1: Uh, Right, like, I understand they didn't want him to slip away again, but you knew his objective. You knew he wanted to get in the Mint, yeah. and that's the ideal place for him to be for you. Yeah,
0: like, if you are trying to arrest someone, them being inside the Denver Mint's, like, a pretty good situation. Like, that's, like, the best you could ask for short of he's already in prison. Right. Which would be up uh, in Canyon City. Uh, oh, before I forget, one more thing. I was pretty sure it was in Denver because they have the red RTD bus signs in the background and also Colorado license plates on all the cars.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's pretty tedious to fake. Yeah. Uh, they do a decent job with the license plates. I think that uh, the studios in Toronto have like a bunch of. Yeah various state license plates so they can pretend to be everywhere. But, like, with a lot of cars, like traffic cars, that's really hard to do.
0: Yeah, and some of the license plates looked either old or fake, but, like, you know, I noticed the license plates so that distinctive Colorado mountain plate, you know, shape, and I noticed the red RTD bus signs in the background. So, either real or they put a hell of a lot of effort into faking it. And no way good for them. Right. But, yeah, anyways, he gets away because... These guys are not very good at their jobs.
1: Yeah, he runs off into an alley. It's a dead end, but he just disappears. Yep. And, uh,
0: Pete and Micah eventually come to the after... Well, this is where they synchronize their watches, right?
1: Uh, I think they synchronize their watches after they come back from the other side, the B-plot. Yeah. I wrote... But... Because I think they leave the A-plot when Micah is like, you let him get away, how could you? Yeah, that makes sense. She's completely lost in her emotions about the situation. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. I wrote artifact but I don't know if that's
1: like, if that was
0: my, I think they come to that conclusion later. Um.
1: Yeah, I think it's implied that Pete uh, is suspicious at that point. Yeah. Like, cause he he goes around the corner and he's like, "Wait, what? Where is this guy?" Yeah. It's like the time when he uh was chasing down imaginary uh, Valda, and he keeps he ran around the corner and he was gone, and like, where could he have gone?
0: Mm-hmm. So, but so you got me looking for warehouse thirteen shirts, and so I searched T Public, which is where I usually buy T shirts, and there's like. There's like nine or ten like actual shirts and the rest of it is those algorithmically generated ones, like never underestimate the power of a warehouse management specialist who was born in March. Hell yeah. Uh,
1: I I love those. I love uh algorithmically generated things that no one has ever purchased.
0: It cannot be inherited, nor can it ever be purchased. I have earned it with my blood, sweat, and tears. I own it forever the title of warehouse technician. which like let's be real here that would make sense if you were doing a warehouse 13 thing
1: yeah yeah for sure but otherwise you know you you just have a job yeah like don't spend too much time getting worked up about your job being better than other people's jobs everyone's got a job (laughs) well not everyone but like Okay, what? Okay,
0: this one says I am a warehouse shipper. I don't stop when I'm tired. I stop when I'm done, which like would be an a hilarious shirt to own if you spent your time writing slash fiction on AO3. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Th- this is my this is my Helena Micah shirt. Yep. Uh Anyways, uh... Anyways, we we cut back to the B plot where um, Artie explain we find a pair of mind reading fezes.
1: Yeah, Artie is uh showing off these uh these my these fezzes and uh Steve asks, like, what's what's the magic? How'd it happen? And he's like, Oh no magic. The the sideshow dude was just an inventor and invented this uh <laughs> This human primate uh interface device but it, it
0: may have also been a little bit magic
1: yeah there there was definitely a little magic in there, but it's supposed to be just like something he made
0: yeah okay, well now like i I try changing the sort the sort, and now I'm just getting shirts algorithmically generated shirts, but for the number thirteen
1: okay <laughs> uh. Okay, so according to my notes, the synchronized watches part did happen uh, before we swapped Uh, over. So let's go ahead and talk about that. Uh, Micah finds Pete running down the alleyway repeatedly, and she's like, what's going on? And he, he lets her know that something's just not adding up. And when things don't add up, what would Micah do? Because she's acting like Pete, all impulsive and stuff, according to him. And so he's going to try acting like her. Sure, why not? And so they team up to do some measurements of just how long it would take this guy to escape without a trace. And they determine it's absolutely not the amount of time he had. So that smells artifacty, But... They, in order to do this, they synchronize their watches and just sort of like stand next to each other, hit a button, there's a beep, and uh, everything, and that's that. Yeah. But later, we get a good look at these watches, and that could not possibly have worked. Yeah. This is not what the watches they're wearing do. Yep.
0: It has some ridiculous uh, $5,000 super watch. Micah has a. Micah has some random Casio watch with no buttons. Uh, Micah's watch also shows the wrong time, the wrong date.
1: Presumably, yeah. Uh, they there is a date discrepancy at the very least. Mm-hmm. Pete's watch shows the twenty seventh. Uh, Micah's watch shows the twenty second. See, uh- interestingly, it may have been a misheard date that they were setting it to. <laughs>
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, see, that-
1: but I oh, got. Yeah, Pete's watch is an obscenely expensive Breitling uh, certified chronograph. So, like, uh, north of five thousand dollars, easy. And that strikes me as super weird as a watch to wear day to day, doing your job for the warehouse.
0: Ah. Uh. You know, it's one of the things I like about this podcast. Between uh, between the Denver noticer and the watch noticer, we're two halves of a whole podcast. As the right. entire spectrum of human experience.
1: It's, it's notable for the fact that Pete's watch has buttons, but uh, cannot beep. It's a mechanical watch. It doesn't yeah. have any beeping device. And Micah's watch doesn't have any buttons to push. <laughs> so they they both clearly push a button on their watch, and a beep happens, and like it it just couldn't it can't happen. But yeah, back to uh back to the fezzes. Yep.
0: So yeah, Mister Mental invented a mind reading fez so that he could communicate with his monkey Coco, uh, for a sideshow act, and
1: uh for a sideshow act, not for a sideshow act. Okay.
0: <laughs> for for the purposes of um. Right. Uh, this is the make Grace pay attention to her accent podcast because we also say the word tour- tourist differently.
1: Uh, oh yeah. I mean, it would be a lot less impressive if it were a furry sideshow act. If it was just someone in a dressed up as a uh, a monkey, it would be a lot easier for him to express the yeah. <laughs> whatever secret that he needs to express to them. Yeah, we can't prove that Mr. Mental wasn't a furry.
0: It was just, you know, the 30s.
1: Yeah, I mean, he also, uh, if he wasn't before, so Steve is pressing Artie on, well, what's the drawback? And apparently, if you interrupt the link, it can have devastating uh, consequences for the person's psyche. Yeah,
0: it's you get a whole bunch of brain static. it's bad
1: yeah, a whole bunch of your brain being garbled up with uh with an animal's brain, probably not a good time and, and uh
0: so yeah, Artie is very clear about you know don't you know don't let the hat fall off the dog and uh right
1: i think we c- and obviously nothing bad happens from here on yeah. out
0: and we do uh. And I think after this we cut back to we get to meet Sam's wife.
1: Yep, they have to go visit uh, Sam's wife because at some point in the uh, Secret Service office Mike is looking for details in Sam's files. And they're like, well, we got all the official stuff but like all of his personal effects are with his wife.
0: Mm -hmm. Including an envelope that's Sam was going to give to Micah
1: Yeah like he handed it to her Once it, according to the flashback And she just sort of like Put it in a drawer or something Yeah I guess
0: she misplaced it And Like and his wife wound up with it somehow
1: Yeah and There was some bad blood between those two So yeah. like she didn't put a whole lot of Effort in making sure this gets to Yeah Micah. which I mean
0: I I would you like You know if you knew this lady was sleeping with your husband, and then you kind of blame her for his death, would you give her the greeting card he, he wanted her to have?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it seems pretty normal, like, to just not want to make contact with Micah a- after all of this. Yeah, like,
0: I, yeah, very reasonable decision on her part, I get it. Uh,
1: there was no reason for her to suspect that there was anything particularly spectacular. Special about this in a way that would be beneficial to her at yeah, least.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I certainly wouldn't be in a rush to reopen any old wounds, right. especially when they're already so so fresh.
1: Yeah, I mean they weren't even divorced; they were still married. Yeah,
0: they'd been divorced for a year for or something like that, or separated for a year.
1: Separated, yeah. yeah. But
0: it, it's a whole thing. It's it's a bad situation for her. Like, I,
1: yeah, and. And they have a bit of a heart to heart and like it it clears the air. It's nice. Yeah. It's cute. I
0: would say, and then we never yeah. see Sam's wife again, but I if nothing else, the show has taught me to like never say never with that sort of thing. Right. Uh, sorry, Pete's sister.
2: Yeah. The uh The card itself
1: uh is just an unsigned card that sings with, uh, congratulations on your new card, uh, printed on it. It sings
0: working at the car wash.
1: Yep. A song which Micah apparently hates. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Sam would have known that, did know that.
0: Yep, and that's all we get. Uh, for now, at least. Yep. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and so we kind of cut back to the present what, with Peter Micah, where uh, they found they found Leo. They're chasing him down, and suddenly he's got a gun. Ooh.
1: But, like, the fact that... Just out of the blue, yeah. in the blink of an eye. Which implies eye.
0: that he did not have a gun when he was going to go into the Mint, come to think of it.
1: No, because he pulls the gun when he uh, was going into the Mint.
0: Oh, right, right, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, they see him pull the gun out, he, someone shouts, he's got a gun, and he hops the top of the, uh, the top of the bus with his gun out, which is just, like, not even a thing you want to do with your gun. Yeah,
0: no, like, there's a lot of reasons why that's a bad idea, like, even if you're a bad, even if you don't care about gun safety, it seems like a bad thing to do. You're not in a video game. Yeah,
1: and you're generally, everyone that's chasing you is armed. Mm -hmm. You're generally a lot better off if you're not about to shoot someone not showing them yeah your again, gun. like
0: you yeah like yeah, like he's surrounded by four armed secret service agents again they are they are outside the mint, which again has guards armed with automatic weapons like yeah, uh who can you're who like are watching you get off a bus yeah,
1: if you're making a break for it. Uh, the gun only complicates yeah. things. Uh, like, yeah. So yeah, he uh, he does. This is taking place in the train station. They didn't nab him at the mint. He there. They got another opportunity because someone saw him entering the train yep. station.
0: And it's in the background here that we see a poster, f- uh, a sign. This is in the background. Where, like, there's a Denver Arts Festival ad and a Tastes of Denver ad, which. I'm not sure there's there hasn't been a taste of Denver in a while it's a I've been to the taste of Colorado, which was fun i Peter Noon sang there, which was fun um hmm. but while I was googling for it, I found like this cookbook covers for signature taste at Denver, which has you know uh which has for the readers at home uh a plaque commemorating <laughs> the Denver omelette um a flight of beer which. Reasonable, there's a lot of breweries in Denver a, Den- a picture of a Denver omelet And Blucifer The giant blue murder horse outside Denver International Airport <laughs> Yup Who is not food But <laughs>
1: Presumably Like
0: Blucifer I've never tried Lucifer yeah, Blucifer <laughs> is allegedly made out of fiberglass But like
2: Hmm?
1: I... but really Ah, fiberglass it's not food but it's good utensil and i just bought fiberglass chopsticks and they are like life-changing
0: yeah what's different about them
1: uh they're just convenient because you can like machine wash them. that makes sense but like they're specifically textured at the tip so that they have about as much grip as wood that's good yeah, because w- normally w- if you use, like, a metal chopstick or something, it's just really slippery. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> also, it conducts heat, mm. which isn't a thing you particularly want out of chopsticks. Uh, I in I don't know. I have a very unreasonable... Uh... Uh, I have this opinion that you need two utensils in your life, and it's... A spork and chopsticks. Because the only things a spork are is bad at eating, chopsticks are hmm. good at.
0: I didn't want people to
1: think I only had one knife.
0: Right. Uh.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, the... Like, today at work, after I got uh, poked with the COVID vaccine, I... Since they make you wait 15 minutes, I ordered Chinese and then went back into work. Yeah. And so I had... Low main and only a spork to eat it with, and I'm like, this is specifically the thing you can't eat with a spork
0: <laughs> I, I've been foiled.
1: Right, I didn't have chopsticks with me, and then I didn't end up eating very much of it, so I ate it cold later, oh, and I ate it with chopsticks, and it was very Hell good.
0: I'm yeah. oh, making me hungry. I have to get low main later, either that or a Denver omelet or a giant blue murder horse. Right. I've talked about Lucifer on the podcast before, right? Oh yeah, uh, I love this horse. Yeah,
1: it would be hard to talk about Denver this much without Lucifer ever coming up. Ah,
0: uh, I love this horse so much. As anyone would know, if they've seen the picture by Persona, fucking Lucifer. Um,
1: uh, <laughs> which it's worth noting, Lucifer has killed. Lucifer will kill. Yeah, again. when I
0: say he's a giant blue murder horse, that's sincere. Lucifer not only killed someone, killed his dad He killed, like, the sculptor who was making him The head (laughs) fell on him And the sculptor's son had to finish the Finish the piece
1: (laughs) Was this his dying wish?
0: (sighs) Uh, My son,
1: finish uh, Avenge me Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure what that means But I'm pretty sure I should finish making this horse for him (laughs) Uh, like, well, otherwise this work would
0: all be in vain, and I, I am so glad he did. I, I love this giant horse. I love that it exists. I love that it's right outside oh, yeah. DIA. I love its giant veiny horse dick. I love that the eyes glow red <laughs> at night. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome to Denver, or are you leaving? And I love that it's not even the weirdest thing about the Denver airport. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, it's so good. Anyways,
1: I I would have liked to have flown into the Denver airport instead. I drove past the Denver Uh, airport
0: Ah, maybe one day I
1: I I would have liked to not drive 22 hours to Fort Collins. Yeah But I had too many unicycles with (laughs) me. There was no flying as Uh, an option. You're just
0: lousy with unicycles
1: Yep Yeah, there were three of us and probably six seven eight unicycles in the (laughs) car so it it had to be that way. You can't fly with eight unicycles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just no way to do that.
0: yeah i I never considered that before, but i that makes sense.
1: yeah, uh, there's always the option of shipping them in advance, but that can be a problem. yeah you have to have someone who's willing to receive them all kinds of yeah. stuff.
0: How hard is it to pack a unicycle?
1: Ah, uh, pretty easy. you can. Get a reasonably sized box from a uh, bike shop. Conveniently, if it fits the wheel, it fits the wheel with the frame still on it. That makes sense. You just have to take the seat off. That makes sense. Because, like, yeah, radius. As long as it's a rectangular box anyway. You can fit the frame off to some corner unless it's, like, a very specific type of unicycle. A uh, long neck trials unicycle won't do that. But yeah, uh take the pedals off, uh take the seat off. That's about it. Mm. You you can probably ship it like that. That makes sense.
0: Well then a lot today. Yeah,
1: it's uh Unicycles are strikingly easy to live with. They're real low maintenance. Uh, they can be pretty large. Like I had a 36-inch wheel, which is not super easy to ship because 36 inches of uh Diameter is a lot But you can certainly do it
2: mm.
1: Like you could ship Three or four in a bike box If you had three or four Which it sounds like
0: you have more than that
1: Uh I have yeah something like ten mm. That's Depending <laughs> so bi-
0: Five bicycles worth
1: Yeah like I have I have ten Sort of cause like I have parts that are useful in different configurations like i Uh, i don't know unicycling is one of those things where you can't have one unicycle that does everything well
0: you gotta be able to so you're
1: going to need a couple that makes sense and so i've ended up over the years with several Mm -hmm. and of course i have too many bikes too we're getting to talk but too many bikes is a normal thing We're getting to show off all of our areas of expertise this episode, huh? Yeah, uh, I know a whole lot about packing things into bike boxes because I worked in a bike shop for, like, a couple months. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) That was, uh... It was very fun, but I was also the most technically knowledgeable person there, so, uh, like, I don't have any formal training, I just know a thing or two.
0: Oh, fair enough. (laughs)
1: Which, small town in Ohio, that's honestly a, probably better than most people could ask for in their bike shop.
0: Yeah, like, are you going to walk in there and ask to see someone's degree from bike college?
1: Right, I mean, there are programs, they're all like two weeks long, so it's not like you learn mm-hmm. that much. Like, if you have the book that pe- that uh, they'll just sell to anyone... You have everything you need to know to do most bike work. Unless it's Mm manufacturer-specific stuff. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the Park Tools Big Blue Book, shouts out to that. If you need to know how to do something on a bike, look at the Big Blue Book or Park Tools website. It's all on there for free. They just want you to buy the tools. Yeah, makes sense. And the process is, like, specifically what you should do if you're... A professional it's very it avoids allowing you to make silly mistakes that cost you a lot of time mm-hmm. so it, unless you're very confident in the work you're doing it's a very good idea to just open the book and follow the process Well,
0: oh, oh, fair enough kind of wish i had a bike to do maintenance yeah. on
1: yeah, anyone out there with a bike they need to work on, uh, that's, that's the way to do it. Just look it up on Park Tools. If you don't have the tools for it, maybe you should take it to a bike shop. But otherwise, it's step-by-step. Step. It's pretty simple.
0: They're pretty simple machines, which is one of the nice things about a bicycle.
1: Yeah, yeah, that rules. I, I can disassemble a bike all the way and put it back together. Like, there's nothing really to worry about. There are certain things you wouldn't want to disassemble, but nearly everything you could uh,
0: but anyways, uh dismant- yeah, yeah I'm not
1: totally sure where we are in the episode anymore
0: Micah <laughs> Mica corners uh leo uh suddenly he has a gun in his gun in his hand. the other Secret Service guys show up and shoot him dead and uh basically, we find out that uh. Time was stopped for exactly 47 seconds.
1: Yep. Yeah, they, uh... Pete basically goes... uh, Micah says something. He He had his gun out in the blink of an eye. And Pete makes her blink. And they do this from her point of view. Like, with, like, uh... Darkness around the edges of the screen to suggest that it's from her point of view. And he's like, okay, now keep your eyes closed. Okay, open them. Uh, And he's like, what if a blink took longer than a blink? Yeah. So he's leading Micah right along to working out what the artifact does. We still don't know what it is, but we know roughly what it does.
0: And then they call Artie. Uh, He's got like a card catalog that is, I guess, indexed by lengths of time.
1: Yeah, I, like, I think this is meant to be, hu- like, really subtle humor, that they have these card catalogs that seem to be organized in such a way that Artie can find things like yeah, this. But, and but then- Because this isn't the first time he goes to the card catalog and gets something hyper specific. Yeah,
0: and, yeah, and, like, it what kind of bugs me that he's, like, he's got, like, just, like, a big clump of index cards, and he's- and he's just like letting them tumble onto the table. Which, like, buddy, you gotta put those back in order, right? This is a card catalog. Yeah,
1: you're like the. Yeah, you're gonna need
0: that later. This is a card catalog. The order in which they are is extremely important. That's the point of a card catalog.
1: Right, that's the reason you went there in the first place. If you don't put it back right, you won't be able to do it next time. Yeah. You can't just throw away your card catalog and get a new one every time you get into it. <laughs> My
0: house is dirty. Buy me a new one. But um, but already finds two things that are exactly forty-seven seconds long. One of them is a kiss. I think between. I want to say I didn't write it down. I want to say Cleopatra and Mark Antony. Okay. I, something like that. It was a kiss, but I forget. It doesn't matter because uh, the correct answer is the USS Eldritch which is an an American ship that they put a really powerful magnetic field around to see if that would make it invisible to radar. It did work for 47 seconds, but they realized it was just, like, making the radar screen not work. Instead of making the ship invisible.
1: Right. I mean, I'm not sure... Like, did they think invisible to radar and invisible is the same thing? Like, if the radar screen doesn't work, that is invisible to radar.
0: Well, yes, but, like, how far away was the radar?
1: Yeah, I guess if uh, the radar has to be too close in order for the magnets to overpower it or whatever, that would be uh, less than perfect.
0: Oh, yep, the Philadelphia experiment. Um, So... A, the Philadelphia Experiment, which is what they're talking about, uh, according to Wikipedia, was a myth, a hoax.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I looked up the ship, and it didn't say anything about it being invisible. So,
0: according to, you know, Wikipedia here, the Philadelphia Experiment is an alleged military experiment supposed to have been carried out by the U.S. Navy at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard. Blah, blah, blah. So, by the, by the hoax, apparently they thought... Apparently, the ship was actually invisible to human observers. Oh, okay. Uh, allegedly. You know, it's a hoax. It didn't, right. It either didn't happen, yeah. it probably did not actually happen. And you know, there's a bunch of different synopses about it, blah, blah, whatever. I'm sure if you're conspiratorially, I'm sure if you're conspiratorially minded that, like, you know, yeah, it was, um, it was confirmed by the actual crew of the ship, but, um, you know. Of course they, you know, of course they would lie if it was secret, but, you know, whatever. Right. Didn't...
2: Stealth camouflage, huh?
0: <laughs> A snake. <laughs> Shape memory alloy. Yeah. But, yeah, so basically they find out that...
1: And also my... This works as long as you're, uh writing a video game and you can just hand wave away all the details
0: or if you're writing a a tv show for the sci-fi network um right and uh but and somewhere along this mike also notices that leo is he's holding his gun right-handed which since he apparently bats lefty he would not do again right like don't say just say he's left-handed like
1: yeah yeah, what's with this uh, this fixation on what he does when he's playing baseball? Yeah, like <laughs> how do you
0: know how do you know how he plays baseball, but not just like his his regular ass hand preference? And then uh, they realize, oh, he was framed. Basically, someone stopped time, yeah. put the gun in his hand, or whatever, and then
1: yeah. And Micah comments that he looked confused when he was holding yeah. the gun
0: and then uh we cut back to the b-plot where um they are setting Artie and the dog up with this brain connection situation with the fezes um the setup is simple uh they will put the fezes on Artie and the dog Artie will get pictures of will get pictures of the license plate and bark them out uh, Art, yeah. Artie
1: has, Claudia has yeah. between five and 100 jokes about Artie becoming a yeah, dog. Yeah,
0: Artie says, he ha- oh, I bet you have a bunch of bone mows ready. Which has another yep. dog pun.
1: <laughs> yeah, Steve claims to have three on deck. Uh,
0: but, and uh, they hook Artie up. Uh, he barks out a few license plate numbers. And uh, Claudia writes them down. Uh, she is distracted from taking and a picture that of her- dang scarab. Yep, that dang scarab burrs out, and, uh, the dog chases after it, and, uh, runs off into the warehouse.
1: Yep, this is a problem, since the warehouse is a big place for a dog.
0: Yep, it's a big place for everyone, apparently.
1: Right. Uh,
2: so, they have to chase down the dog, uh, who-
1: they uh, yeah, they cha- achieve this by uh, Claudia ringing Pavlov's bell, yeah, which does
0: attract dogs, but also makes you drool uncontrollably for twenty four hours.
1: It it's delightful. It's a lot of drool. Yeah,
0: it is. It is a lot. It's yeah. The things I do for this warehouse sort of situation.
1: Right. Yeah, so Claudia spends the rest of her time on screen Just drooling uncontrollably Yeah, water's just
0: constantly pouring out of her mouth
1: And, uh They get the dog back, and then we're Well, they see the dog again And then we're back to the A-plot, right? Yeah,
0: I I think we cut to the A-plot Between the scarab and the bell But it doesn't matter Because we, uh Micah is talking to someone on the phone Pete is playing the the musical card And, uh
1: Being obnoxious about it.
0: Which, like, I get it. It's a good song. And, um, or at least I appreciate it. I like bad music, but, um...
1: Right, and Micah does not appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and so, uh...
1: (sighs) Long story short, uh... They find out there was a message hidden on the, uh... On the card. Remember back when you could just record whatever to these cards? Well, so, like,
0: I remember there being, like, special cards you could pay... There were special cards you could record a message onto, but if you, the ones you could do that with, did not come with music.
1: So I, I definitely remember at one point, like pulling open cards and like tweaking them oh, a I'm little sure. bit to allow them to be recordable. Oh, I'm sure you could. Like they all used the same little yeah, the same chip unit. So, some of them had recordable segments and some of them didn't, but if you just, like, opened them up, you could get to it and, like, flip a thing and it it was, uh, recordable. Just because it's simpler to make one chipset that does everything you need and put it in everything than it is to, uh, you know, have hard-coded, uh, pre-recorded stuff. Although, considering how common the pre-recorded stuff is, it's weird for you to put a microphone in stuff you don't need to
0: well because like a microphone and a speaker are the same thing
1: oh yeah true it might just be using the speaker as the microphone yeah
0: because they're the same
1: because it's it's not like it's a giant speaker that can't be moved easily by soft noises so yeah it could just be like
0: a microphone and a speaker are the same thing like you can tweak them to be better at one or the other of course but like you know Eli- yeah, like, it is very easy to make a thing that is ele- that is both a speaker and a microphone, because a speaker is a thing that turns electricity into vibrations, and a microphone is a thing that turns vibrations into electrical signals. to so the same thing.
1: Right, and the way they work mechanically is identical. Yeah, th-
0: they're identical electrically and mechanically. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, and so there's a mess, there's like a recorded conversation, I think, on it?
1: Yeah, and it's... It's some of these Secret Service guys talking about something that seems to be, you know, shady shit.
0: Yeah, basically, this is enough for Micah to put it together that Secret Service director guy is the real mastermind.
1: Right. So they, they rush off to accuse Zach, who is the Secret Service director guy, right?
0: I think so. Again, I don't remember this man's name.
1: And he, uh, he's like, I I don't know what you're talking about. I, uh, but also I'd like to note, remember our, uh, favorite post office Obama portrait? Yeah. It's back, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Zach has Obama hanging over his desk.
0: Like, I think, you know. It's reasonable, at least. Like, this is a... Go- Again, it's a government office. Like, right. I I told you that, like... Thing. Yeah. You know, when I worked at a... When I worked at a... When I worked at the school library in South Dakota, there was a portrait of Obama on the wall.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's, uh... It's delightful that this has been in the prop room and they seem to just keep trotting it out yeah.
0: how are we gonna make remind people that this but, is the government office obama he is government
1: okay i'm guessing this wasn't on uh on location because that would just be silly no i don't think they filmed it inside <laughs> they brought their i own. don't think they filmed. <laughs> bring your own obama
0: like no i i don't think they filmed this in you know the any sort of actual secret service office why would they they already have a set for that especially right. because because uh, again There's no secret service office in Denver, that, at least that we know about.
1: Speaking of Obama, I'm reminded that earlier today I had the realization that in my brain pretty frequently, when I think the phrase stupid motherfuckers, I think it in Obama's (laughs) voice. (laughs) Uh, Because there was a guy who took the audiobooks uh, of Obama's autobiographies— and just chopped them up into this creation story like this uh, he put music behind it it's called son of stroka son of god and he he released it for free on the internet and it is just delightful i love it
0: i am looking at it right now i will have to let's do it later
1: and one of the things he chopped out was uh obama's saying that so like it just it's just a standout <laughs> in my mind <laughs> uh yeah it i've never listened to any of his audiobooks but i've listened to a small section uh, of both of his audiobooks uh, it's delightful and weird and no one's really sure why uh dan warren did this especially not himself yeah
0: Warren says, I like Obama's voice. I like his narrative voice as well as his speaking voice. It's pleasant to listen to.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and it's just so good. It's not a whole big uh, commitment, but I'm pretty sure I paid some money. I pay what you want on Bandcamp or something. Uh, Like, and it was worth it. I'm very happy to have that. It's very fun to revisit from time to Uh, time. I would
0: absolutely keep this in the car to like... I like to keep ridiculous music in my car. You know, in case someone asks me for a ride, I can subject them to things.
1: That's definitely something I yeah. do too.
0: And usually that's like as you know, Neil Neil Cesariga's music or what or what have you, but like you know, people are used to that. People enjoy that. I
1: once I once tried to do the entirety of uh December where Anytime there was someone else in my car, I would listen to Red Christmas by ICP, <laughs> their uh, Christmas <laughs> album. The problem is, I'm always in my car. Uh, and it was just not, not something I could yeah. handle. I couldn't You yeah, no, it. It would it. have
0: to be something where like you change out the CD when someone gets in, but that's suspicious, right? It, the joke works best if like they think you just listen to this all the time.
1: Right. Yeah, I had a CD changer so I could do it real stealth-like. Yeah. But yeah, it it was still the problem is I'm always there, so I have to tolerate this more than any other yeah. person.
0: Yeah, well, you got to build up a tolerance.
1: Um, right. The other good bit I would do is I w- you have to choose things you like that yeah. are weird to other people. Yeah,
0: which is why like the Neil Cisarika music is good, and for a while, oh yeah, and for a while I would like I I had Hugh- I found Huey Lewis in the news as sports at a thrift store, and whenever I gave someone a ride, I would like hey, do you like Huey Lewis on the news? And try to engage them in the bits. But the problem is, it like, requires them to know what's going on. Or at least for, okay. for you to like, for them to realize you're doing a bit. and You're not just saying like, you know, they're early stuff with a little too new age for my taste, but sports was where they really came into their own, both critically and commercially.
1: <laughs> and it, it, yeah. I don't actually know that much about Huey Lewis on yeah. the news. Like,
0: I, I like them as a band, but like, that's the bit from American Psycho. Okay. It goes on to, like, a whole spiel about it, but, like, no. I, I don't know if they're shitty or not. I just like a lot of their songs, and they were in and did a song for Back to the Future. So, like, I right. there was some Huey Lewis in the News knowledge in my head. For example, those of you at home, the uh, at the start of the first film, where uh, Marty is having his, like, audition for high school music, whatever, Battle of the Bands, The, uh, he's giving his audition to, like, four people. One guy stands up and says, I'm sorry, son, I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. That's Huey Lewis in the news. That is Huey Lewis telling Marty McFly that he's playing The Power of Love, the song Huey Lewis in the news wrote for the the movie, Too Loud.
1: Do you know about their lawsuit with Ghostbusters?
0: No, but that doesn't surprise me. Like, does, is it because, does, like... Does one of their songs sound too much like Ghost- the Ghostbusters theme?
1: Uh they claim the opposite. Mm. Basically, I want a new drug from the album Sports. Yeah. Uh, they claim was uh ripped off for the theme for yeah, Ghostbusters. See
0: well see, it's hard because like I'm trying to play the Ghostbusters theme in my head, but it's just bustin'.
1: Right, yeah. Bustin' bustin'
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it...
1: A freaky ghost I bed. I
0: don't know if I'd actually call them all that similar, <laughs> but regardless. Uh, basically, we go into the secret, into secret service guy's office. Um, the guy pulls out his time barometer. Uh, my, his, his barometer from the USS L... The USS L... El, Eldridge. I heard Eldridge, but it's Eldridge. <laughs> right. But, uh... He pulls out his thing. There's a whole back and forth here, which I could have sworn takes longer than 47 seconds. And uh, there's a whole fight here. There's so a whole fight here. They trigger it twice. Uh, maybe that was it.
1: Which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah,
0: Like, if you could just, like, keep doing it, then sure, why not?
1: Right. Like, apparently he freezes time once and then cuts it short and then freezes time again while wrestling with, uh, with Micah. Who, and they both have contact with it at the, that moment so they're both frozen yeah. or they're both in the time yeah, freeze fair enough
0: but so yeah then this guy and Micah have a fight uh and uh it ends with they have an argument about something about you know you did it didn't you or whatever and uh he, commits, he confesses to the whole thing and it ends with Micah basically the whole fight happens while like someone is shooting Pete no, no, okay, so what happens is Micah, Pete, and other Secret Service guy storm into the director's office. Uh, director does the time stop thing and puts a gun in Pete's hand. Other Secret Service guy right. says he's got a gun, shoots Pete for some reason. Uh,
1: Sh- shoots at him at the very yeah, least.
0: which seems...
1: The bullet is stopped in yeah, the Yeah, and then...
0: Time shit happens, and then time shit happens, the bullet is stopped in midair, and the- and Micah and Director Man's fight ends when Micah manages to kick him in front of the bullet just as time restarts, shooting him and sparing Pete.
1: Right, now is a great time to bring up my uh, March 12th thread about the 2002 film Clockstoppers, mm-hmm. <laughs> which has uh, similar elements. Yes, which
0: I've seen. Once, back when I was a child, but I do remember this with the hyper-time watch and everything.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, it's great to revisit because, like, it's got specifically 2002, uh, like, uh, cultural damage. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a point where uh, someone says something about... Imagine if uh, Saddam got his hands on one of these.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's an extremely post-9-11 oh, movie. Yeah, like
0: the NSA like <laughs> developed the magic watch. Um, also it has not only a Smash Mouse it has a Smash Mou- song, a third eye blind song, but not the one you not the one everyone knows on the soundtrack. An Uncle Cracker song, two Blink-182 songs, Nickelback, Simple Plan, and of course, Everybody Have Fun Tonight by, by Wang Chung.
1: So, it doesn't just have an Uncle Cracker song, it has an extremely inappropriate cover by Uncle Cracker uh, that's just, of the like, Cindy very strange. Of the
0: Cindy Lauper song, Time After Time, holy shit. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, it is... It's just... Extremely unsettling to hear God
0: I have to rewatch this movie
1: <laughs> Yeah I I had to post about that Uh there's also The girl That this guy was trying to The main character kid was trying to Impress says quote You raked my leaves I can't let you go alone Uh <laughs> There's a scene where a dude is pushing his bike through an office building, but, like, at the top of four or five flights of stairs. Also. And so his bike gets stolen and they Extreme BMX down the well, stairs. Like, also. What are you doing with your bike up there? Also, French Stewart plays
0: the scientist. What the fuck? I don't. ah. Uh. I don't
1: know who French oh, like, Stewart is.
0: It is a phrase I have, like, heard a lot of. Like, he's a guy people make jokes about, but I
1: don't know why. He certainly has, uh... Some credits. Okay. His headshot that Google brings up is very bad. Like, he is, uh, glistening. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> but his IMDb headshot is a lot more reasonable. Yeah.
0: He is best known for, uh... Harry Solomon on the NBC sitcom Third Rock in the Senate as Inspector Gadget, and the 2003 direct-to-video film Inspector Gadget 2, and as Chef Rudy on the CBS sitcom. Man, that is... You don't want Wikipedia's second credit for you to be. He was Inspector Gadget in the direct-to-video Inspector Gadget sequel. That is not a good look.
1: So, that implies to me that it's the sequel to a film that didn't have him yes. in it
0: yeah like, like there was it implies that there was a, a yeah an inspector gadget film that got a theatrical release that he was not in
1: originally matthew matthew broderick was an inspector gadget in the immediate uh lead up to this yes. film the one that was not direct to tv yes. the one that i believe i saw in theaters yeah i,
0: I have vague memories of seeing this film as a
1: child Filmed in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Los Angeles, California, with the castle like main tower of Pittsburgh's PPG Place playing a central role. Uh. It w- or one yeah. PPG. It Place. was followed by
0: the 2003 direct to re- video sequel Inspector Gadget to the only one of the original cast members, DL Hewley, who does not even get a. as the voice of the Gadget Mobile, reprised his role. Ooh. Uh, they, I, mean, they, I mean they couldn't get andy dick back <laughs>
1: uh. like yeah i mean if it's just voice acting like sure i'll do inspector gadget too yeah. it's not my face yeah. on it
0: uh.
1: but they couldn't get uh Yeah, they they couldn't get the guy who voiced the dog to voice the dog a second time. Ah, uh,
2: uh,
0: what well, was it was Don? Oh, that was Don Adams, huh?
1: I'm I'm genuinely shocked that they got Mr. T, but only for a post credits sequence. Ah, uh, oh, they had Michelle Trachtenberg in this movie. Uh, As Penny,
0: is she famous?
1: I I know who she is because I'm a huge fan of the Adventures of Pete and Uh. Pete, and she 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 played. uh, What was her name, Nora? Uh, They gave her a very funny name based on her. uh, Based on her name, she was also Harriet the Spy of Harriet the Spy. Where's what was her name in? I don't know why I don't remember her name in uh PNP. So, it was...
0: Uh, I am looking at Don Adams' Wikipedia page who voiced Brain the Dog in the Inspector Gadget film, and got, it is the saddest thing to realize, Wikipedia page, filmography, 1999, Inspector Gadget, Brain the Dog, notes, final role.
2: Because...
0: Ooh. I would imagine, like, because he did die of lymphoma and lung cancer, something tells me he wasn't, like, up for doing voice acting at the time.
1: Right. So, uh, in The Adventures of Pete and Pete, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg played the recurring character, uh, Nona F. Mecklenburg. And her dad, notably... Was played by Iggy Pop,
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> which
1: is just so good. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad Iggy Pop was in <laughs> the Adventures of Pete and Pete.
0: And should we wrap this one up? Uh, yeah, we and, probably and we've been ought at to this move for two, two right hours. Along. Let's go. <laughs> um, they have their they have their time fight. The whole Secret Service plotline is, I guess, wrapped up. They managed to prove that this this Director Man was up to no good. Everything's fine. Um. They get the license plate. They get the dog and already back together. They get the rest of the license plate number. They take the fezzes off. They track the license plate to a a rented car. Already asks if she can track it. He can track it. Claudia says, "Please." Does a cheese doodle. Uh. Right. Okay. Does a cheese doodle. And then, based <laughs> and it was rented by Stanley Stikowski, Sally Stakowski with a fake ID. And that's where our episode ends.
1: Yep. Uh. Oh, we know who that is. And more importantly, she knows who we are. Uh (sighs) Uh-oh. But yeah, so we, uh, that's our episode, folks.
0: Okay, one more thing about Inspector Gadget. So do you know why they got Don Adams specifically to voice Brain the Dog in the 99 Inspector Gadget film?
1: I've no idea. It's because Don
0: Adams was, A, he was Maxwell Smart. Uh, in Get Smart and B he did oh, okay, in fact yeah. voice Inspector Gadget in the 80s animated series and in the 90s animated series
1: okay so yeah he is he is the voice yeah, so
0: like they had to get him in there
1: he's the guy yeah, that. unfortunately he wouldn't reprise his role in Inspector Gadget yeah. too.
0: and you know there's like there's two voice acting roles in this film you can either be the car or the dog and I, the dog is probably the better right. choice
1: so it's concerning to me that French Stewart's Wikipedia page lists him as being best known <laughs> for his role as Harry Solomon from Third Rock from the Sun and Inspector Gadget from the directed tv yeah. film. How is that his most notable role? Yeah, like, role? I've
0: definitely heard the name French Stewart before. Like, usually has, like, a punchline in, like, edgy comedies from the 90s. But, like...
1: I mean, he, he does seem to specialize in being in films that look pretty bad, yeah. honestly. Like, he's in something called Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2, yeah. which was the direct-to-DVD <laughs> sequel of Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Yeah. Which I can only hope follows, uh, shot for shot, the plot to uh, Beverly Hills Cop 1 and yeah. 2.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see, he appeared in numerous commercials for, and as a spokesperson for, the Beverage Clamato, or Clamato, depending on how you say it. But he he was also in Stargate okay. 94. So, like, and I guess he was in Disney's yeah, Hercules? I, and it's, he's had a weird career.
1: Yeah, this guy, uh, that's a lot of, a lot of roles that seem to either be extremely minor or in extremely... Uh n- not particularly successful yeah. films.
0: Although he does hilariously play Vinny, a French steward impersonator in an episode of Community.
1: Ooh, he played Isaac Horn in the Bones episode, The Girl in the Gator. <laughs> uh oh yeah, on Bones. Uh Whip Chatterley in the psych episode Autopsy Turvy. Okay, we should close this out.
0: I have to pee, and I think your dog needs you. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Uh, Truly, it was a warehouse 69. Uh, Or I think I usually say it truly was a warehouse 13. Whatever. I've said both now. Uh, I have been the (laughs) honest, beloved Princess Grace. You can find my writing, programs, podcasts, posts, and everything else that's fit to plug at princess.software. Timmy, where can we find you?
1: I'm Timmy at george.horse.
0: That's it. All right. See you around, everybody. (laughs) See you next week.
2: Thought that you might like this
1: because it's got a shine to it. I know you like shiny
2: things, so I will try to buy it up for you.